we we have started this series and and if i have to kind of wrap up or sum up uh, this this series supreme in a tagline uh, i think the tagline for this uh, series is the importance of being rooted and planted in the person of jesus christ you know by by now if you have been tuning in regularly to our online services you know that the promise verse for this year or the promise word for this year is flourish and just in this past one week man it's been so encouraging to hear the kind of stories to hear the kind of testimonies that have been coming out from within the community we are, we are talking about new jobs we are celebrating double promotions we are celebrating promotions we are celebrating extension of work workspaces and and favor and and people being saved and what not and this is so exciting that even with whatever that is going around us globally we still get to witness and experience the goodness of god within the community come on anybody thankful for that if that's you if you want to want to take a few minute and give thanks to jesus come on because he is working he is taking us towards that flourishing he is establishing our faith he is helping us become better during every week and today even as we're going to be diving into the second part of our of our of our talk on this series called supreme uh, you know i thought i thought how do i begin this illustration you know because this illustration is very much related to my uh, to my talk uh, title today and uh, you know i don't know if you have ever been in that space if you ever picked up a camera and uh, you started shooting and most of the time the, the especially during the first few times when you picked up a camera you know uh, especially if it was one of those dslrs and things like that and you had no clue about the settings of the camera Uh, for those of you who who are very familiar with this let me kind of just give you a quick example of what it's going to look right i just did something to the focus of this lens that we are recording from and and i don't know how this this thing is looking right now maybe i just went all over the place i you can't even see me properly right now but but now back here i'm i'm back and like kind of are we okay now right you can see me and i don't know how many of you messed up in in your initial days of shooting photos or taking videos when it came to the to adjusting the focus of the lens and and most of the times can you say that with me most of the times our life is caught up in moments like this if you have ever heard this phrase called life is a blur if you have ever heard about that i want to title my talk for today called fixing a life in blur fixing a life in blur now if you if you're wondering you know what do you mean by life in blur well just to just to get all of us on the same page so that we're talking about the same thing for the next few minutes life in blur could be something that when we are so unsure of everything that is happening around us life in blur could be when there is no clear vision or direction to anything and everything that you do on a consistent basis uh, life in blur could be that when we are trying to do too much 
or we're too busy but end up missing out or neglecting the important parts of your life. And life in blur could also be this, this possibility that there is no concrete idea that you're basing your life on. There's no concrete values, there's no concrete thing where you're basing your life on and everything is relative and everything is so vague. Think by now, you, you, you are pretty much up to speed and familiar with this phrase, life in blur, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes, even as we look at understanding the importance of being rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. See, this, this, this theme or this, this talk series, Supreme, just as the word says that it helps you and me understand that there is a, a higher the highest authority and highest rank that, that, is, that, that kind of governs everything when it comes to our existence. And, and last week we saw from the book of Hebrews where, where the writer gives such an elaborate description of Jesus Christ. When today we're going to be looking at one more of such descriptions. And Paul in the Bible, uh, we're going to be talking about his, one of his writings that was so specific. Now Paul wrote so many letters. Paul wrote so much of the New Testament and, and his words, his letters are so encouraging. Sometimes, they, sometimes he is pretty much in your face and telling you exactly what you need to do and what you need to stop doing as well. But his, his writings bring such great insight and beautiful understanding of the entire gospel message of Jesus. And Paul, in his letter to the community in, in Colossae, it pens down these few sentences that, that are penned down so well that it helps us really understand the person of Jesus Christ. You know, researchers and, and theologians say that the book of Colossians is, is one where the person of Jesus is stated with such precision by Paul. So if you, if you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be reading from verses 14 onwards. And we're reading from the Passion Translation, guys. So get, move, get out your Bibles, pull out your devices, and, and I hope you guys are taking down some notes. Uh, we're reading from Colossians 1, verses 14 onwards. And this is what it says. For in the Son... All our sins are cancelled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seed of power realm of government, principality and authority, it all was, it was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of the body which is the church and since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. Can you say that with me? Holding first place in everything. It goes on to say, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, 
everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself back to its original intent restored to innocence again let's pray before we go ahead father i just pray for every single person watching this and even those who would be listening to it maybe later we pray god that every single discussion every single conversation that we're going to be having tonight uh, would be would be life changing would be renewing and refreshing uh, for the hearts and minds of every single one tuned in for this lord i pray holy spirit that you would bring clarity and you would you would do your work in fullness lord in jesus name we pray amen amen you know, this this is such a beautiful description about the person of Jesus Christ that we just read from Colossians. You know, Paul, by the way, just to give you a quick background, Paul is writing to a bunch of Christ followers who have started their journey of doing life together and are really building on their faith in Jesus. You know, if if I were to relate this to pretty much or uh, like a community like Zealous, you know, we we have just been existing for about just a uh, just more than a year. We've just started doing life together. Well, now it's it's virtual. You know. you're you're at your space um we are uh, i'm here recording from a different space altogether and and this pandemic is making us go crazy that we are not able to meet and and get our gatherings up and running but it's pretty much a new community that was that was existent in in Colosse where Paul is writing and encouraging uh, the 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 community with these words you know and he's commending their faith uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit he's commending them for their faith but he's also kind of warning them and helping them treasure their genuine faith uh, just so that they are not swayed by any swayed away by any new or impressive pseudo christian practices and and the way he does that is by helping them uh bringing them back to the to 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 help them focus on the real deal that is Jesus there is nothing more central to the christian faith than knowing who jesus is there's nothing more central to the christian faith than knowing who jesus is see it's not about just knowing about his life It's not just about knowing about the works of Jesus but it's about knowing the person. Can you say that with me? It's about knowing the person. And and today I just want to continue uh where I left off last time where we are going to be talking about uh seeing Jesus, knowing him and acknowledging his power and supremacy in our life. See because this is this is what I was thinking when I was prepping for for this talk. I thought, you know, if the supremacy of God had a vision statement do you guys believe in vision statements do you guys believe that do you think it's it's profound do you think it's powerful or is it just like a statement that goes up on the wall i think i think there's there's so much power uh, when when you pen down vision statements there's so much power when you pen down certain things that you really desire to see in your life but hey coming back when i was prepping for this i thought if the supremacy of christ had a vision statement it would look something like this Jesus over everything. Do you guys agree with me on that? Jesus over everything. Come on, can somebody say that? Can somebody type that out in chat right now? Jesus over everything. But but sometimes we we get so comfortable and and we make this a a, a convenient or a hybrid version of this same vision statement and we alter it to something that could sound like Jesus and everything. 
You know what I mean? Just to, just to help you out, you know. That it could look like a bit of Jesus in your life and a bit of, a bit of my own preferences, even if they're wrong. Uh, it could look like a bit of Jesus in my life, but a bit of my, the same toxic relationships which are taking me nowhere. A bit of Jesus and a bit of, bit of living my life the way I want to live it without any boundaries or without any suggestions or any inputs from everyone. That's what Jesus and everything can look like. I don't, know if you, I, I don't know if you understand it, but, but you know, when it, comes to, when it comes to understanding the supremacy of God or, or supremacy of Jesus Christ, it is not Jesus and everything. It is Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. See, because there is a, there is a constant battle within us. Uh, when it comes to deciding who has a final say, right? Uh, with, with what we want to do, who we want to be. And, and Paul, when he's writing this letter, he, he kind of associates and he's very much aware of this internal condition and this constant battle and the constant the struggle and the chaos that sometimes happens within our lives where, where we are constantly deciding whether it's God who's leading your life or it's you who choose to lead your life based on your limited understanding. And in and, and his exhortation, when he's writing down this letter to, the, to that community, he's also helping them realize about the wonders and the essence of being rooted in Christ. Let's go to Colossians 2. We, we'll continue reading a few verses from Colossians 2. Uh, we'll read from 5 onwards in the Passion Translation. And this is what he says. Even though I'm separated from you geographically, my spirit is present there with you. And I'm overjoyed to see how disciplined and deeply committed you are to have such a solid faith in the anointed one. See, that's what I told you. He was, he was really commending them for their faith in Jesus. In the same way, you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith. Continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life and you're continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith and have, uh, in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. And I love this part. This is verse 8. Check it out what he says. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they are filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. You see, this is, this is, this is so good, guys, because Paul is kind of helping them bring back you know, as much as he's, he's talking about the greatness and the supremacy of Christ in the first chapter, 
he, he begins by telling them that, hey, we, we love you guys. We appreciate you for your faith. But now it's time to be rooted, a, a root, to root yourself and plant yourself in the person and identity of Jesus Christ. And, and I think this is so timely even for us as a community. We've been journeying, doing life together as a church, as, as, a, as a community, and, and as much as we celebrate each other, as much as we, we appreciate each other, I think it's, it's time for us to dive in. Can everybody say dive in? And, and be rooted in the person of Jesus Christ as if we are to mature or if we are to take our life with Jesus to the next level. I remember... Uh, the first time this verse, uh, Colossians 2, 7, it talks about being rooted in Christ. The first time this word, this verse hit me hard was at the beginning of the year in 2010, where I felt Jesus asked me to take, uh, to take on a journey of knowing him in a personal and an intimate way and be established in my faith. You know, I, I remember at that time, a lot of things in my life were all over the place. I'm telling you, a lot of things were all over the place from my career paths uh, to my educational future and even my personal insecurities. I was in the middle of a whole lot of things that made my life, that made my life so blur. And I guess that's what happens when, when we are constantly moving around with, with the hidden baggages in our lives, right? We are so weighed down with, with the troubles of the past and, and the worries of the future, we begin to live our life in blur. Has, has that ever happened to you? I mean, that, that, that was me in, in the year 2010 and, and it's in those same moments, uh, it's in those same moments where God nudges you. It's in those same moments where God reaches out to you. And for me, that nudge was taking the plunge of a lifetime and declaring Jesus over everything. And it meant placing his will over my choices. It meant placing his, his desires over my desires and even uh, uh, placing his purpose and plans over my selfish ambitions. And, and let's, be, let's be real, I, I struggle with that, guys. I struggle initially to understand that initial phase as to how that recalibration is going to happen. And, but I began to realize that Jesus over everything becomes a reality in us when our lives are rooted in Him. Do you get what I'm saying? It will become a reality not when you try to do it in your own strength. It will become a reality not when you, when you try to make sense out of it because sometimes faith does not make sense. Now, I'm not talking about going all cuckoo and going all crazy over here, but you need to just hear me out. Sometimes you cannot always put your intellect, sometimes you cannot always put your experiences, sometimes you cannot always put your reasonings when it comes to Jesus and asking what he wants you to do. Jesus over everything is a reality when you make an intentional choice for your lives to be rooted and planted in him. Now, I'm sure you know this part, but... The primary function of, of any root system, if you go back and study, I'm sorry, this is not a science class, but just to give you a quick example. The primary function of, function of any root system is to provide life and strength to the plants for their growth and their fruit bearing, right? Life and strength 
for, for, for the plants for their growth and fruit bearing. But we also know that this is not an overnight process. It's not like you plant a seed and boof, the next day you have the tree and you have a deep root system and you've got fruits and everything in the next day itself. It's a, it's a continuous, steady process. So what am I trying to say? It's, I'm trying to help us understand that it is in the person of Jesus Christ and his written word where we find our true life and strength. See, everything we need to make sense and add purpose to our lives is found in Jesus. Somebody needs to hear this again. Everything we need to make sense and add purpose to our lives is found in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, when, when he was alive on, on earth and, and you know, when, when he moved around, he made some crazy radical statements. He made some crazy radical statements about, about himself and, and not so that he could get attention to him, to himself as per se, but he was wanting to help everybody know about the absolute truth about God. So when, when he did not just come on earth to convince humanity of a few ways to reach God, he said that he is the way. You know, he, he did not just come to share with everyone about a few facts and a few truths. He said that he is the truth. And, and he did not come to give us tips to go looking for a better life. He said that he is the life. You know, so that's why even in, in, the, in, the, in the chapter that we read, even Paul is telling us that our completeness and, and our fullness is found in Jesus Let's read that verse again. In Colossians 2, 9 and 10, this is what it says. Verse 9, he says, For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our completeness is now found in him. Can you say that? Our completeness. Come on, some of you are not saying it. How do I know? I just know you're not saying it. So let's try it again. And our completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He's the very head. He's the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. See, Paul is, is, is kind of pushing this community and pushing these people to think. He's encouraging the people to dive in fully in the pursuit of knowing Christ, not from a surface level, but in a deeper intimate manner zealous i think it's time for all of us to really introspect our relationship with jesus are we just willing to know god from a surface level or are we willing to go deep are we willing to 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 dive in deeper to to really understand and know jesus for who he really is that's what Paul is encouraging this community. True intimacy with Jesus transforms us to be secure, confident, and filled with purpose. I want you to hear this again. True intimacy with Jesus transforms us to be secure, confident, and filled with purpose. Our journey and our relationship with Jesus is meant to be an active one and an, an active one where our lives are built on the truth of his word, right? 
That's the kind of lifestyle that God wants from us. And, and it's through his scriptures and it's through the constant leading and guiding of his presence that, that gives us so much insight and foresight for our lives. And that's when we begin to see our lives through the lens of God. That's where it all happens. The more, the more you try to up your game when it comes to really understanding the scriptures, not as a textbook, not, not as any other book, but as, as something that are the words of the creator, the, that are the words of your savior, that are the words of your redeemer of your life who paid the price so that you can live a life in freedom. That's where Jesus has penned down the, uh, every single word in the Bible to help you and me understand our way back to God when we when we embrace those words when we when we meditate on that when we reflect on that and when we start living according to those words is when we start seeing our life through the lens of God and it is the intimacy with 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 Christ that settles the battles within us it is the intimacy with Christ that brings that much needed peace. It is the intimacy with Christ that brings the much needed clarity. It is the intimacy with Christ that brings the much needed revelation and the much needed next steps for your life when your life might be caught up in a blur. And, and, and once we have understood and acknowledged the power and, and the true majestic nature of Jesus Christ, surrendering to the supremacy of Jesus is delightful and soul satisfying. I want to bring this one home by, by sharing with you about the life story of one of the most radical Christ follower from our very own country, uh, in the early 1900s and his life devotion to Jesus. I don't know how many of you know this one. Uh, Sundar Singh was born in a Sikh family in Punjab uh, where he grew up questioning Christianity and Hinduism. You know, in his deepest sorrows and in the darkest of nights, Sundar saw Jesus in a vision and, and his life was never the same. To give you a bit of a context, you know, he grew up in a, uh, in, in a place in, and when he was doing his schooling days, during his schooling days, um, the, the, the New Testament was read daily as a textbook in, in his school. And, and Sundar Singh refused to read the Bible during those daily lessons. But to some extent, the teachings of the gospel message and, and the New Testament about the love of God really attracted him. But he still thought it is all false. And, and somebody even recorded this that even though he felt some kind of divine attractiveness to the, and, and wonderful power when it came to the Bible, he just could not get his head around it. You know, in, in the midst of all this confusion, uh, when he was about 14 years of age, he lost his mother. Uh, he, he shared a very profound bond with his mother. He, his mother was a, was a lovely, saintly woman and, and she lost her life and, and his, his life just started going all over the place. He, he went through a crisis of faith and, and what happened is when he lost his mother, he even burned a few copies of, of the gospel in public. He burned a few copies of the Bible in public because that's, that's how hurt he was. 
Although he felt that he had done something really good by burning the copies of the Bible in public, deep down inside he was very, very unhappy. And within three days, this is what it says, within three days, he, his misery, he could not bear his misery any longer. It was in that one lonely night of December 1903 where, where Sundar Singh rose up, got up from the, bre- from the, from the bed and he was on and he started praying and he said, this is, this is what his exact prayer was. Oh God, if there is a God, reveal himself to me tonight. Because if not, I'm going to throw myself on the train, uh, uh, in front of the train that passes by my house every day. He prayed for about seven hours and the next, and the next train was, was about to pass his, his place at 5 a.m. in the morning. Suddenly the room was filled with a glow. A man appeared before him and Sundar Singh heard a voice that that spoke to him and said, How long will you deny me? I died for you. I have given my life for you. He saw the man's hands pierced by nails. Jesus was the last person Sundar Singh was looking for. After all, you know, his experiences had told him that Jesus was a foreign god of the Christian teachers in his school. Amazed that his vision had, had taken an unexpected form of Jesus, Sundar Singh was convinced in his heart that Jesus was a true savior and that he was alive. Sundar fell on his knees and, uh, before him and he experienced astonishing peacefulness which he had never felt before says that the vision disappeared but the peace and joy lingered within him you know the, uh, i'll tell you just a couple of things about this about this incredible man you know sadhu sundar singh believed so strongly in the message of of the gospel that he made it his life's mission to spread the hope and the peace that he had received in the person of jesus christ to every indian in an indian context you know, there were, there were many life-threatening attempts to poison him, to imprison him, to stone him. Uh, and, and, but more than that were the miracles that happened in and through his lives. When he, was, when he made it his life's mission to share the good news of Jesus with everyone. You know, there were, he, was, he was ostracized from his community. He was, he was, uh, there were death threats against him. He was mocked. He was bashed up for his faith. You know, he, they, some, some people even called him the apostle with the bleeding feet because he walked crazy amount of distances. It says that from the northern mountains of Shimla and, and Tibet to the southern plains of Tamil Nadu and, and even so many parts of, of not just India but so many parts of the world, Sadhu Sundar Singh made it a point to take the message of the gospel, the hope, the peace and the love that he had found in Jesus and share that with, any, with everyone. And this is one of his famous quotes that I want us to to hear really well. This is what he says. There is a great difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing him. If we only know Jesus as a good man, a great example, it is no help to us. Those who know him know who he is. When we know him, everything is different. And we are living in a new world, a new atmosphere. Heaven begins on earth for us. Those who know him know that Jesus is everything to them. They can bear witness because they have been living in him. 
If we live in him, he will reveal himself to us and we shall bear witness, not for a day or a night only. What an incredible statement about knowing the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Sadhu Sundar Singh lived his life acknowledging the love and the power of Jesus Christ. And, and, I, and I was reading about this and it just got me thinking that you can go to such extents of following someone when you have really discovered your purpose and the calling of God upon your life. And that's what we see through this, through this man's life. He's been such a great role model for so many people and his stories are still being shared in our country. But here's, here's, the, here's the crux of what I want us to draw from, from this illustration or this experience that we just heard. When we embrace... And when we live under the supremacy of God, we move away from the blurred view of life. And we begin to see things from the lens of Jesus. See the void and the longing for something substantial and meaningful is fulfilled when we intentionally place Jesus over everything church. When we intentionally place Jesus over everything. Now, I don't know what that blurry phase of your life is looking like. Whether it's a baggage from the past, it's the stress of the present, or even the worry of the future. But I want to encourage you to look up to Jesus. I want to encourage you to look to Jesus. The creator and the all-powerful one desires for you to place your faith and your complete trust in knowing Him. In knowing Him. It's about giving your heart and your life to Him, and, and living your life in the fullness of the God-given potential that is there for you. Because like, like, like Paul said, our completeness and our fullness is found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus over everything. That is the permanent fix for a life in blur. Jesus over everything. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.